welcome to the podcast from St Michael's Lillishaw and St John's Muxton for the fourth Sunday of Easter, the weekend of the, the 24th and the 25th of April. My name is Matthew and I'll be leading you through this next half an hour or so. Last week we began a series entitled Do You Know Him? And we're doing this in conjunction with many of the churches across the Telford area, asking the question, do we really know Jesus? And today, John Rawson, one of our team of preachers, is going to be helping us look at Jesus as the shepherd. But first, let's begin with the traditional Easter greeting. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. As we prepare ourselves to hear God's word, let's come in humility before him, recognising that we often fail to be ready to receive him in our lives. So would you repeat when I say, Lord, have mercy, would you say, Lord, have mercy? When I say, Christ, have mercy, would you say, Christ, have mercy? Like Mary at the empty tomb, we fail to grasp the wonder of your presence. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Like the disciples behind locked doors, we are afraid to be seen as your followers. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Like Thomas in the upper room, we are slow to believe. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And may the Father of all mercies cleanse us from our sins and restore us in his image to the praise and glory of his name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we're thinking of the theme of Jesus as shepherd, it's not surprising that our first reading is from Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our second reading is from John's Gospel. John chapter 10 verses 11 to 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This morning we continue with our new sermon series that has been devised for for the local churches of Telford. And over the next few weeks we will be taking the theme of Do You Know Him? As we explore our own understanding of Jesus and who he is to us. And hopefully challenge others to come to a closer relationship with Christ our Saviour. So this morning we're going to reflect on the image of Jesus the Shepherd. William Barclay said there is no better loved picture of Jesus than that of the Good Shepherd. The picture of the Shepherd is woven into the language and imagery of the Bible. As Judea was a pastoral country, the most familiar figure in Jewish culture was of the Lone Shepherd. The Shepherd's life was hard and dangerous. The job required fearless courage, constant vigilance, dogged perseverance persistent love and care. There is no wonder why it became a symbol of faithfulness, of security and providence. And in the Old Testament, God is pictured as the great shepherd and his covenant people as his flock. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, we read in Psalm 23. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, David calls him in Psalm 80. And often it was shepherds like Abraham, Jacob, Moses and later David who were called by God to lead the people because obviously they instinctively understood the principles of shepherding a flock, being shepherds of God's people. The prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel warned of woe to the bad shepherds who scatter the sheep of my pasture, who feed themselves out of greed and self-service rather than feeding the people. It's really interesting to read Ezekiel chapter 34. God's anointed one, the Messiah, is also pictured as a shepherd of the sheep, prophesied by Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power. He tends his flock like a shepherd and gathers his lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. Isaiah 40. So when the picture passes to New Testament and Jesus describes himself in John 10 as the good shepherd, he's not just picking a sweet, comforting, yet random image, but a biblical code for a divine mandate. He is aligning himself with the image of the shepherd God and the fulfilment of the hopes of the prophets and identifying himself as the Messiah and the saviour king of God's covenant people. He is the good shepherd who calls his sheep to follow him, who will risk his own life 
to save the lost sheep, who will lay down his life to save the flock, who guides us in paths of righteousness through the valley of the shadow of death to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Throughout Scripture, from the New Testament as in the Old, the picture of the shepherd is a common metaphor for leadership. It is the duty of any leader to feed the flock of God, to serve the people, to accept the responsibility willingly and to do it eagerly and humbly, not for self-gain, power and reward. From Jesus' last command to Peter that he should feed his sheep, and in the letter to the Hebrews and Peter's epistle, within the church we are bestowed as the shepherds of God's people, and Jesus is our chief shepherd. That's from the word shepherd in Latin we get pastor, and the idea of pastoral ministry and pastors. I don't know a lot about shepherding of sheep, but as a teacher of 30 years, I know about pastoral care of children. The work of any school can be split into the academic education side concerned with the teaching of a curriculum, whilst realising the essential foundation upon which any learning can take place depends on the mental, emotional and physical well-being of the child. So every adult working with groups of children has a pastoring or shepherd role over their flock or class. It's ironic that in the Children's Act 2004, the government produced a document called Every Child Matters, which changed the face of pastoral care of children and young people. And the document set out five key outcomes for every child, which actually used the acronym SHEEP, S-H-E-E-P, safety, health, enjoyment and achievement, economic well-being and positive contribution for all children. So as we try to bridge the gap from biblical images to now, and we try and grasp the significance of calling Jesus our Good Shepherd, I'd like to draw on principles that link the care of woolly animals to children and to real people as we are all children of God. And the first principle is that of relationship. See, newborn lambs soon realise they're not on their own, but belong to a mother, you. They belong to a flock in a field that in turn belongs to this human shepherd. And they learn to trust this shepherd. They join the flock and they follow the voice of this man to keep safe and to find pasture. And John 10 verse 14 says, I know my sheep and they know me. They listen to my voice and there is one flock and one shepherd. When I talked last time about mental health, particularly in young people and children, I discussed the idea of being known, of being recognised, of being seen and listened to that are the foundations of a secure and trusting relationship. And the first principle I tell my staff at school is to get to know pupils. Treat them as individuals. Show you care about them. Find out about their lives and interests. And try and create a class identity that they feel they're part of and they belong to. 
And this builds up trust and respect and subsequently the willingness then to engage and to learn. The first job at school every day is to meet and to greet the pupils, each of them, and then call a register of everyone who belongs in that place. So we need to understand that we have a shepherd in our lives. We belong to a great flock of God. So we aren't alone, left to wander aimlessly and hazardously, trying to navigate the messiness of life, feeling vulnerable and insecure, distrustful and unattached. We have someone who knows us, who calls out to us, who counts each of us and treats us as a child who belongs and who we can trust and have that loving relationship with. So when we ask the question in this series, do you know him? Well, the first response is, because he knows you. He knows me. The Lord is my shepherd. He is the God of every individual. And he knows each of us by name. And he calls out to us wherever we might be. And the good shepherd counts us all out and he counts us all in. And if any single lamb is lost, he will search and search, waiting and waiting and calling out until they are found and return to the fold. That is the foundation of the relationship between God and us, his covenant people. A God who calls and waits and searches until we are all returned and restored to him. And our good shepherd, Jesus, will include anyone who will listen to his voice and enter through his gate and be saved. Verse 16, I have other sheep, but not of this pen, but I will bring them also. They too will just listen to my voice and there will be one flock and one shepherd. We are united together. The next principle is that As the good shepherd, Jesus protects us. Now, a shepherd had to be strong and vigilant and brave, watching out for lions and bears and wolves, thieves and robbers. And he would defend his flock with his own life if he had to, armed only with a sling and a staff. I defend children with my staff, excuse the pun. But safeguarding and child protection are the key responsibility of everyone working with children. We're all bound to do what we can to protect children from harmful situations, whether accidents, neglect or abuse. And children's workers work tirelessly for this cause. It it takes up a huge amount of time, effort, attention and vigilance to watch over a group of children. And sometimes it can be at personal risk. Early in my my career, I was involved in a coach accident on a school trip. We were just close to the French-Switzerland border when we hit another car on the autobahn and ended up turning right over onto the hard shoulder, onto the roof. I quickly had to ensure that all the children were okay and then subsequently treated and checked at the hospital and later counselled to see that they had survived the experience. 
I then spent a number of days working trying to secure passage home safely. It was my duty and my responsibility that each child would get home. And some teachers have paid the ultimate sacrifice. If you remember Sandy Hook Elementary School, well, four teachers died. Victoria Soto, Anne-Marie Murthy, Mary Shellac, and Principal Dawn Hoxsprung, who shielded their pupils from this gunman, Adam Lanza, as he aimed gunfire into the classrooms and along the corridors and tried to fend him off and subsequently lost their life protecting their children. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me and I lay down my life for the sheep. The power of that shepherd image is in his willingness to sacrifice himself for the protection and security of the flock. At the heart of God is the humble spirit that gives himself out of great love so that we may live. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Do you know Jesus? Well, know that because of his ultimate voluntary sacrifice for each of us, we are forever safe in his hands. Jesus considers it his personal responsibility to safeguard our lifelong journey homeward to the eternal destiny of green pastures and still waters. Thirdly, as God, as our good shepherd, Jesus guides us and he leads us every step of our journey. In Palestine, unlike the one man and his dog image we have, the lone shepherd went out in front and the sheep followed him. Following the unique voice or call or song of the shepherd as he led them forward. The shepherd went first to see that the path was safe and to encourage the sheep to follow him. If there was a stream or a steep ravine to cross, he would first pick up the lamb on his shoulders and the mother's ewes would chase after and the rest of the flock would know it was safe to follow. In schools with children, pastoral care is about guiding and leading the children in the right way. It may be, follow my finger, line up and follow me in, as teachers call out. But also in setting guidelines and boundaries and routines to follow. Modelling skills and strategies first and getting children to copy them and and learn them and practice them and follow those good examples. Supporting the most vulnerable who struggle and need extra support. Encouraging the right decisions to make, the right directions to turn. Sometimes having to enforce discipline if they stray from the unexpected. Leading the way through trust, hopefully to self-confidence, independence, success and security. Do we know Jesus as our guide? He knows what we need, what is best and where we need to go. He knows our weaknesses and our temptations, our ill-discipline and rebelliousness. But his words 
And his life and his death and resurrection are the encouragement and inspiration we need. Sometimes the terrain may seem difficult and unfamiliar at times. We grow weary and fearful. But our good shepherd is ahead of us, encouraging and guiding us along the path of righteousness, the paths of truth and of justice, ultimately towards the green pastures and still waters. Being a busy, stressed parent, can he lead me through that? Yes, he can. Well, what about my workplace, where I feel undervalued and lost? Can he navigate me through that? Well, yes, he can. What about when I face illnesses and worry and I'm grieving? Will he lead me to... Yes, he will lead you to peace of mind and restoration of your soul. Whatever the circumstances of life, by his spirit, he can and will direct us to the best path, the right path, if we follow his voice. Even through the valley of death, the scariest unknown to all of us, that has been navigated ahead of us by Jesus. He first confronted death and vanquished it, so that now you and I and all who know and trust him, our great shepherd, we just see death as a valley, a dark passageway to pass through, unafraid of what lies beyond. So if we know Jesus, we know him as our great shepherd, a voice to listen to, to trust, a call to heed, a path to follow. We are fully known, fully loved, fully secure and fully relieved and at peace. Like secure sheep across a hillside, free to roam and graze. Like content children in a playground, free to explore and create. So we, redeemed by our great shepherd and saviour, are now free to live life to its full in security, faith and hope. In a world sometimes it seems obsessed with models of leadership, maybe we need to model to others just how to follow, followship perhaps, how to hear the voice of Jesus and submit in humility and obey his call, how to trust his path and follow, to remember how he saves and sacrifice for us all. Then to be of service to others. To encourage others to come along too. Mentoring the lost. Inspiring the fearful. And shepherding those who we have responsibility for or know. But always following the path of our chief shepherd. Who has pioneered a way for us all. So that surely goodness and love will follow us all the days of our life. Amen. Let us declare our faith in Jesus Christ by using the Apostles' Creed. Please repeat each phrase after me. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, 
his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so we turn to prayer, and we begin our prayers with the collect, or the prayer specifically written for this Sunday. Risen Christ, faithful shepherd of your father's sheep, teach us to hear your voice and to follow your command, that all your people may be gathered into one flock, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Now in our prayers we turn our attention to the world in which we live. Father, we pray for the nation of India as they struggle with overwhelming numbers of cases of coronavirus. We pray that sufficient resources would be available for treatment. There will be enough hospital beds. Lord, we pray too for the doctors and nurses who are working so hard in difficult circumstances. Lord, would you stay the hand of this plague, both in India and all across the world. Amen. Next, we turn our attention to our church. Lord, we give you thanks for the church worldwide. We pray for our leaders, and especially Bishop Michael and Bishop Sarah. We ask for your guidance as we together go through the shaping for mission process as we come out of lockdown and into the future. Please give all the leaders of your church, and may we be attentive to your voice. Amen. In a moment of quiet, we lift individuals known to us before God and ask for your grace, healing, mercy and love in their lives. And this week we pray particularly for the family of Albert Azapardi and Monica Thompson. Comfort them in their grief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We conclude our prayers with the words of the Lord's Prayer. Please do join in with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen.
Once again, thank you so much for tuning in this week to our regular worship slot. Thank you too to John for speaking to us and also to Sam for some of the music. So let's uh, close with a couple of prayers. First of all, an Easter prayer. Lord Jesus, we celebrate your resurrection as the victory of your love over fear. Fear of tomorrow, fear of our yesterdays, fear of what shall become of ourselves and those we love. Replace our fear with the resolve to live in your love. Amen. And now let's hear God's blessing pronounced over us. May God the Father, by whose glory Christ was raised from the dead, strengthen us to walk with him in his risen life. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and with those we love, now and always. Amen.